Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We should be God chasers. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We should be God chasers. Chasing after God with everything within us, with our whole life, chasing after the will of God for our life. Seek the Lord. The Bible has a lot to say about seeking the Lord. What does that mean? I don't know about you, but growing up, I've heard a lot of sermons about seeking the Lord. What does that mean? And how does seeking the Lord work out practically in our life? How might we seek the Lord? Let me just give you a couple suggestions that I think support are supported in the scriptures. A few ways in which we are to seek the Lord. If you're taking notes, number one, we are to seek the Lord. That simply means to talk to the Lord. How do you seek the Lord? Well, number one, talk to the Lord. Or call upon the Lord, the Bible says. Or pray. Just pray. Psalm 18, verse 3, it says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. You just pray. You know, you don't have to have a certain language to pray. You don't have to be in a certain position to pray. You you know, we, we teach our kids. We teach our kids. Okay, Johnny. Now it's time to pray. And, okay, get on your knees beside your bed. Yeah, I mean, you're inadvertently teaching your kids something that really is kind of not necessary. Um, I, I don't want to mess it up for your nighttime rituals, but I, I'm just trying to love on you. That's all. All right? Just try, pastor trying to love on you. All right? But, but you know, okay, Johnny. Let's uh, get on our knees and pray. And so, we got, okay, now go fold your hands. Okay, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And, and when you grow up, you, you start thinking that, you know, this is the way to pray. And if you don't get on your knees, I mean, you're really not praying. Listen, you don't have to get on your knees to pray. You don't have to have a certain language to pray. You don't have to, you know, you, you, growing up as a Christian, you hear, you know, church people and, you know, certain churches and they, and they pray, you know, like, you know, oh, Father. Who sitteth high and looketh low down on thine peasants. If thou wouldest cometh downeth frometh on thy throneth. Knoweth would be greateth. Um, and you get all caught up in the language. You understand my point? Say amen if you understand. Okay, good. You get all caught up in the language and how you need to say it and all of these kinds of things. God doesn't care about that. Listen, praying simply means talk to God. Talk to God. And let God's word talk to you. 
but talk to God. Simply just talk in a, in a very casual way. God understands. You can say to God, God, help. Do you know God, help is a prayer? It's in the Bible. Go look it up. Peter was thinking. He said, help. That's spiritual, man. That's good enough for me. Especially when you're thinking, you really don't have time for thoueth, lordeth, cometh, noweth, that will be greateth. I mean, who has time for that? Lord, help. I need you now. You understand? God, Lord, show yourself to me. God, I want to believe in you, but I don't know how. Simply say, God, I've got major decisions to make in my life. Give me direction. Help me, Lord. Help me to choose the right thing for my good and for your glory. Would you, Lord? You see, just talk to God. You don't have to be a seminary graduate or know a lot of scriptures to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord by talking to the Lord. You know, the other day I was having some email problems. It occurred to me out of nowhere. Just occurred to me, talking to God is easier than email. I had this little email problem, and I said to a brother, I said, help, you know. And he sent me back, well, then do this, save this, type this, put this here, put that there. And, you know, and so I went and tried to do all that stuff. It didn't work. And I sent back the email to the guy, it does not work. And he sent me back, well, there's a problem with your computer. And I'm like, I know that. That's why I told you. And it just occurred to me by the Spirit. (laughs) Seeking the Lord is easier than email. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, just talk to God. Just talk to God. Talk to God. Number one, talk to God. Number two, what it means to seek the Lord. How to seek the Lord. Number two, really important. Ask the Lord to lead you. You're writing this down. Ask the Lord to lead you. And here's the, here's the catch. And you are willing to accept his will. It's one thing to ask God to lead you. It's another thing to be willing to accept his will. A lot of people want to be led, but they don't want the will of God. I don't get it. But it's true. Remember Matthew 6.10? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You see, when you're truly seeking the Lord, at the core of your being, there's a passion for God's glory. At the core of your being, when you're truly seeking the Lord, there's a passion for God's agenda and God's name and God's kingdom to have top priority over your agenda, over your name, over your kingdom. Seeking the Lord says, God, I want your will. Not my will, your will above my will. You know, I ran across an illustration, and I I think this shows how subtly we can find ourselves not seeking the Lord. Listen to this. This is of a young lady praying on her wedding day. Dear God, I can hardly believe that this is my wedding day. I know I haven't been able to spend much time with you lately with all the rush of getting ready for the day, and I'm sorry. I also feel guilty when I try to pray about all this since Larry isn't a Christian. Oh, Father, I love him so much. What else can I do? I just couldn't give him up. 
Oh, you must save him somehow, some way. You know how much I've prayed for him and the way we've discussed the gospel together. I've tried not to appear too religious, but that's because I didn't want to scare him off. Yet, Lord, he he isn't antagonistic, and I can't understand why he hasn't responded. Oh, if he were only a Christian. Dear Father, please bless our marriage. I don't want to disobey you, but I do love him, and I want to be his wife. So please be with us, and please don't spoil my wedding day. Now, on the surface, that might seem to be sincerely seeking the Lord. But let's just take a minute and peel back the religious language and listen what that prayer might read. Dear Father, I don't want to disobey you, but I must have my own way at all costs. For I love what you do not love and I want what you do not want. So please be a good God and deny yourself and move off your throne and let me take over. If you don't like this, then all I ask is that you bite your lip and say or do nothing that will spoil my plans and let me have a great wedding day and a great marriage, of course, in Jesus' name. (laughs) You see, seeking the Lord, here's the point. Seeking the Lord says, Father, what do you want? What is your will? And then be willing to accept God's will, truly seeking the Lord, praying to the Lord, desiring the will of the Lord. And last but certainly not least, seeking the Lord means to open, to be open to the Lord and not hiding from the Lord. Be open to the Lord. Don't hide from the Lord. You know, people try to hide from God and try is the operative word here. People try to hide from God. You can't hide from God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, in the New Living Translation, I love how it reads. It reads like this. Nothing in all of creation can hide from him. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we have done. You can't hide from God. So why do people try to hide from God? Nothing new under the sun. Genesis chapter 3, you know the story. It was Eve who was tempted by Satan and gave the fruit to Adam to eat. And immediately they felt shame. And what did they do? They hid from God. And the Bible says that God was walking in the cool of the day. And he said, Adam, where are you? Now, I hear a tone of love there. I don't hear a tone of an angry God. You know, Adam, you lowlife. Where are you? You blew it this time. Man, you wait till I catch up with you. I mean, I don't really hear that to you. I don't hear that. I hear, Adam, where are you? Adam, I love you. Why are you hiding, man? As if God can be hid from. We can't hide from God. And you remember Adam said, I heard you walking and I was afraid. So I hid myself. Nothing new on this side. People always trying to hide from God. You can't hide from God. Elijah, you know the story. He was hiding in the cave of fear and depression and hiding from Jezebel, but ultimately hiding from God and God's purpose and God's plan for his life. 
you remember, and God in a tone of love and acceptance and understanding and grace, he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Why are you hiding? Why are you running? You can't hide from God. They couldn't, neither can you. No one can hide from God because God's eyes are everywhere. And that, my friend, is what makes him God. It's simple but true. God sees everything. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's all-powerful, omnipotent. He knows everything. Don't try to hide from God. It's like your kids, you know. I remember I used to play hide-and-seek with my kids. Y'all play hide-and-seek with your kids. I remember I used to play hide-and-seek with Junior. And I'd say, okay, okay, it's time for hide-and-seek. And this was like a fun game, you know. Time for hide-and-seek, you know. And you say, okay now, Junior, you run and hide, and I'm going to count to 100, okay, and give you time to go, okay? Oh, yeah, great, great, great. So he takes off running. I'm like, okay, one, two, three, 99. 100. Ready or not, here I come. And you go scurrying down the hall and, you know, he's hidden. And, 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 and the interesting thing is he would hide in the same place every time. <laughs> okay, so I play along. Let's just play along, okay? So, you know, I'm going down the hall. Where is he? Where is he? You know, could he be in the bathroom? You know, you're talking loud so they can hear you, you know. And then you're kind of like, you know, you hear them chuckling in the closet. They're like, he doesn't know where I am, you know. Like, okay, where is he? Maybe he's in the bathroom. So you open the bathroom door and go, nope, I don't see him here. You know, and then you go, maybe he's in the toilet. So you open up the toilet and shut it really hard. Nope, he's not in there. You know, you're playing around with him. Maybe he's under the bed. You look under the bed. No, he's not in there. And then you find him and you what? You're going to grab him and you hug him and you chew on him. I like to chew on my kids. <laughs> Daddy, love you. You know what? I think sometimes we do the same thing with God. We think God is saying, ready or not, here I come. And you're like, he doesn't see my sin. <laughs> and you're hiding in the same place every time. But here's the thing. You can't hide from God. And wherever you run to, he's already there. So you run in the closet. Ooh, what are you doing in here? Run out, get in the toilet. <laughs> is he in the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> there he is, you know. We can't hide from God. What are we hiding from? So seek the Lord real quickly. Here's some benefits of seeking the Lord. Write this down. Really, really important. Some benefits of seeking the Lord. Number one, number one, number one. If you seek the Lord, you will find mercy. You'll find mercy if you seek the Lord. You know, people say, oh, give me a break. Well, mercy is God giving you a break. That's what mercy means. You see, we all deserve something bad, but God in his mercy gives us something good. So mercy means you don't get what you deserve. Secondly, benefits of seeking the Lord. You will find grace. Grace. 
Now, grace means you get what you don't deserve. Because you don't deserve God's grace. Amen? You don't deserve it. Well, I'm a wonderful person. Yeah, okay, fine. But you don't deserve God's grace. No one does. Thirdly, the benefit of seeking the Lord, you'll find forgiveness. Forgiveness. Now, 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 forgiveness is an outflow of God's mercy and grace. God wants to forgive us. God wants to set us free from the burden and the guilt and the shame. God wants and longs to show mercy and forgiveness to people who seek him. Forgiveness. And then last, the obvious, if the benefits of seeking the Lord, you will find. In other words, God is findable. You will find him. You'll find mercy and grace and forgiveness and you'll find the Lord. So important, saints, that we seek the Lord. Ask, Jesus said, seek, Jesus said, and knock. And keep on knocking, remember? Keep on knocking. Now, knocking is yet another level. After you ask, then you seek, then knocking speaks of two things if you're taking notes. Persistence and entrance. You've asked, you've sought the Lord, and now you enter into fellowship. We are to persistently, persistently knock on the door of God's grace, on the door of God's mercy, and seek entrance and fellowship with the Lord. Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. And then notice in verse 9, in your Bibles, look at it. In verse 9, Jesus says, he gives an illustration here. Uh, an illustration of the love of the Father. He, ge- he gives a simple argument, notice in verse 9, from the lesser to the greater. Men give good gifts to their children who ask, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? What kind of father is that? Dad, can I have a piece of bread? Here, son, chew on a rock. No dad would do that. Dad, can I have a trout? Here, son, chew on a rattler. No dad would do that. Jesus says, now, no earthly father would do that. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? Remember, we talked about it last week. God is a good father, not the Godfather. I'm going to break your bones, send you home in little packages. You don't do what I tell you to do. That's not God. God is a good father, not the God father. He's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to bless you. He's trying to love you. Why don't you let him? Why don't you let him? What you waiting for? Just let him love you. He's a good father. He gives good gifts. Good gifts. I like gifts. I like Christmas. I'm a birthday. I like my birthday. I like my birthday. My bir- subliminal message, my birthday. And gifts, gifts. He says he gives good gifts. Luke chapter 11. Luke tells us what that good gift is. It's the Holy Spirit. He says, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? 
He's a good father, not the godfather. And then I want you to notice in verse 12, in, in your Bibles, in verse 12 and on the screen, notice, notice Jesus says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel for any amount of time, you know when you see the word therefore, you want to find out what it's there for. Very good. And the word therefore in our text connects everything that Jesus has been talking about from chapters 5 through chapter 6 through chapter 7, talking about judging each other. It connects them all together. Jesus was talking about murder and adultery and divorce and vows and retaliation and love and judging. Connects them all together in summation of all that Jesus has said of the whole section Jesus gives them the golden rule, what many people and many cultures know as the golden rule. Do unto others before they do it to you. <laughs> Is that what it says? Hold on. No, I blew it, man. I just, just blew it. No. It says, notice again in your Bibles, whatever you want men to do to you, Do also to them, for this is the law and this is the prophets. Do you know that many religions have a form of what is known as the golden rule? They call it the common element of religion. The common element of religion. Socrates, the great philosopher, said this. Listen closely. He said this. What stirs your anger when done to you by others, that do not do to others. Confucius say, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. And then the Jewish rabbi Hillel said this, do not do to your fellow what you hate to have done to you. This is the whole law. And the rest is explanation is what he said. Listen, what Jesus is saying is strikingly different. What Jesus is saying here is very different. The rules that these guys are giving are negative and passive. Jesus' rule is positive and active. These men are saying, avoid doing to others what you do not want done to you. What Jesus is saying is, Think of something good you wish for someone to do for you and then do it for them. If you understand that, say amen. amen. That's huge. This, this, this is different. It's worlds apart. It do not mean the same thing from what they say to what Jesus says. Jesus said, think of something that you really want good for somebody to do for you. Oh, in that case, I can go on and on. I've got a list. Of all the stuff that I want you, my children, to do for me. Well, Jesus says, I'm supposed to do it for you. You see? And this is different. This is very different than what the world teaches. Instead of living the golden rule, some people have earned a gold medal In judgmentalism. And Jesus says, no, no. Jesus says, help people, love people, have compassion toward people. Because this is what you want. You want people to be nice to you? Then be nice to people. That's what the Bible teaches. 
Well, I come to this church and nobody's nice to me. Well, are you nice to people? Or do you stand there and look mean? Some folks look mean now. You know they do. And who wants to be nice to you? You look mean. Okay, fine. But you want people to love you? Then love people. You want people to have forgiveness toward you? Forgive people. You want people to have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, goodness, self-control, kindness, against such which there is no law. You want the basket of the fruit of the Spirit shown and offered to you. Well, then you offer a gift basket. That's what Jesus says. Don't have a gold medal in judgmentalism. Follow the golden rule. What you want, you give to others first. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.